0: Welcome to this week's episode of the PTA, which is in session with Emma Luna. Tune in to hear her chat all about her existing books, which include Broken and Piper, as well as all that she has got planned in both editing and writing. I very much hope you enjoy, and as usual, please rate, review and subscribe. Welcome to the PTA, Emma. Hi, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) No worries, it's lovely to have you on. Do you want to, um, yeah, just introduce yourself, say a little bit about you and your books and so forth?
1: Uh, So I'm Emma Luna. Uh, I'm a relatively new author, uh, published um, coming up for close to a year now, I think. Um, I am originally from Yorkshire, um, but now I'm living down in Cambridgeshire, but I don't think I'll ever really lose my, uh, my northern roots, <laughs> my northern roots. Um, yeah, uh, I generally write, um, sort of romance that airs on the darker side. Um, or just, in some just, cases... a, just a
0: smidge, just a smidge. I mean, I yeah. don't know if you'd categorise it as dark.
1: <laughs> in some cases it's, uh, it's more pitch black, but yeah. Um, <laughs> that's definitely where my kind of passion lie um I'm not so bothered about it whether it's contemporary or paranormal I'll write it all
0: yeah well I mean it's yeah it's so hard to sort of get an idea because you've got lots of ideas coming up that kind of span all sorts of genres which is yeah
1: (laughs) yeah definitely um I kind of the only way I know how to describe it is I kind of just have like a brain full of characters (laughs) and whichever one shouts the loudest that's the one that gets wrote at the time Uh, and sometimes that means that I'm writing two three books at once um, when that's really frustrating because I I know that I've got a deadline for one and I just want to concentrate on it and then there's another character going no no you've got to listen to me
0: (laughs) (laughs) so that can be that can be really really frustrating But Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that is sort of frustrating. So you've got some authors who can write under deadline and like churn out X amount of books per year. And it's like, how do they get their characters to behave? I don't know. Yeah,
1: (laughs) how people I, I, you know there's some amazing authors out there who can churn out one book a month and <laughs> and and I, I'm I'm struggling to keep up with anywhere
0: near close to that so uh well before we dive into your books um what five things would you bring to a desert island uh this was a really really difficult question because <laughs> my instinct be three things so oh, okay. more now
1: so you've made it harder Uh, (laughs) so my instinct is always to go with like my phone and things like that but then there's no charging point so I've been a bit more realistic okay so the first thing I would bring is um, my boyfriend simply because uh, first of all I would get lonely I need somebody to talk to yeah Um, and also if I bring him with me I can relax on the beach and he can go off and find the food and make the shelter and all the practical stuff that you have a boyfriend for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he can he can do the survival bit and you can do the let's enjoy the sun and the sea kind of exactly. bit of the experience. Yeah, sounds good.
1: <laughs> um, then I would take like a pad and a pen cuz I've got to write yeah. it doesn't matter where I am I have to write I have a an, an what my boyfriend calls an unhealthy obsession with notebooks so in our flat there is just notebooks of all varieties just scattered everywhere with um any sort of notes or um ideas that come into my head about books so there's there's even one actually on my bed (laughs) on the side of my bed um for if i wake up in the middle of the night with like a great idea so i have to have a, a pad and a pen Kind of all over the place.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. It's sort of overflowing all the ideas and everything.
1: Yeah. I mean, sometimes I can't find where I put the idea,
0: which book it's in, but I <laughs> <laughs> can't remember which one I wrote it But in. It's, it's quite a nice surprise, I guess, if you sort of just are reading a notebook and you're like, hey, that's actually really good. Why did not we write this?
1: Yeah. Like if I'm trying to think of an idea um, on where to go, I always have a look through the notebooks and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a good idea back then. <laughs> uh so third thing I, I'm gonna go really obvious here and say that I take my own pillow uh I I'm very very fussy and if I want to get to sleep you've got to have a pillow that you love
0: <laughs> well I think that's quite that's quite valid actually because it's like it's like your own bed your own pillow it's sort of all very important things
1: for sleeping yeah so. um then I guess uh photos of my family if I can't have my family there then you know um my family are really really uh, I'm very close to them and they mean a lot to me so yeah probably that um and then you said one of them had to be a book yeah and it can't be a kindle (laughs) yeah I figured that but I have I have cheated slightly um because I have amalgamated all seven Harry Potter books into one go
0: for it yeah that would honestly <laughs> honestly I swear you reread Harry Potter and you like come across like different themes and like different things that you didn't notice the first time reading through so I think that's an excellent thing to bring
1: to the island yeah I am a massive Harry Potter fan <laughs> but it's also <laughs> <What>
0: house
1: <laughs> uh Ravenclaw
0: obviously 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: Ravenclaw um but yeah I, I'm a massive I feel, yeah. of <laughs> a fan it's something that it's it's been a massive part of my life for quite a long time a lot, I know a lot of people say that but it's one of the books that I kind of reread when I'm in like a a, a bad place or um you know I'm not doing so well health-wise and things and it, it's good to just mm-hmm. escape into that that world and you know, everybody's kind of dreams of being able to create a world that other people want to live in. You know, that's like an author's yeah. dream. And she does it so well. So, um, yeah,
0: when when did you um first like read? read it when when was like when you were younger and then it just sort of stuck with you and it's
1: yeah yeah I was um I think I was a kid when I I read it
0: yeah and grew up with it I feel like in a roundabout way I'm trying to ask like it's so special to you because it's sort of this world that you can lose yourself in
1: yeah yeah definitely it's something that I grew up with um you know it wasn't a typical book that I read when I was younger because I started reading sort of like um more grown up, um, adult like horror books and things like that. Probably a lot, a lot sooner than I should have done. I think I read um, Bram Stoker's Dracula when I was about twelve, um, but yeah, it was what was available to me on the because you know there wasn't a Amazon Kindle or anything. It was just what was yeah. what was available on my mum's bookshelf, <laughs> and uh, so I'd, I'd worked my way through all the books that were kind of for my age and then just went off and found more and that's kind of where I discovered like um, a lot of crime dramas and a lot of um, you know uh, horror type things and became fascinated with the paranormal I guess.
0: And it also I mean that leads us quite nicely I'm going to ask you more in depth about that but that leads us quite nicely to talking about your books because I mean it kind
1: i always used to like whenever my mom when i was a really young kid um whenever my mum would put uh, take me to bed she would always read a story with me and then um my dad who worked away whenever it was kind of his turn uh to do it we'd always kind of gone through all the books and so my dad would say to me "So, well why don't you tell me a story you know you make up a story for me um and that's kind of how it all started um, and I just started like making up my own bedtime stories. I'm sure it was my dad's way of you know not having to do as much work <laughs> not having to do I love as that. much that's parenting
0: so cunning of your dad that's so like yeah, so sort of that took some thinking <laughs> not having
1: to do as much parenting um mm. and it's really, really funny because now he also does that with my nephew as well <laughs> uh, and my nephew creates his own stories I mean he's he's six years old um, and they they create their own stories and I you know being able to reflect back on the way that I used to do it with my dad and that yeah so I think that's where it it kind of started um, but I remember the first time I wrote an actual romance story um, was from my GCSE uh, my English GCSE and it did not go as expected (laughs) so (laughs) we we had like free creative brain just to write any kind of romance uh, well any kind of story um Mm. and I wrote um kind of this almost it's still acceptable for a 15 year old but kind of like a bit of a twisted romance um and it was set in America because all of the books that I read at the time were were based in America because mm. there wasn't very much um you know kind of British
0: British what sort of things were found. you reading
1: um uh let me think oh, I can't think off the top of my head so I really loved um the Morganville vampire series yeah um by Rachel Kane um I loved uh, the Fallen series. Um, and then there was a, a series, uh, I think it was called Bitten. Um, so generally like kind of, um, they were all uh, almost like Twilight based. You know, there was um, vampires, werewolves, yeah. all that kind of young young adult genre. Um, but I also really liked um, Jodie Pickle. Um, oh, I
0: love Jodie Pico as well. Which one um was your favorite of hers? Uh I mean that's probably quite difficult to say. I mean I think everyone will know what was um the one what she the one with like the kidney transplant. Yeah, my sister's that. keeper that was the, uh, Yeah, everyone will know that
1: yeah. one. Yeah. Um I I can't remember the title of it, but it was about um a woman who um she sued. Um for her uh, and had to sort of say that she would never have um had her daughter um she had like a um I believe it was a heart condition um and it yeah. should have been picked up um antenatally and um yeah mm-hmm. and uh it's she deals with all these ethical kind of dilemmas like the woman absolutely loved her daughter and but to have it to have to say yeah you know I would never have had her it was it was it's quite a it's quite a
0: it's quite hard hitting I remember reading that one and actually it was um it's really difficult because it's sort of it's like the best for her like it's sort of in a way that sounds so yeah, callous. Um, it was the way Jodie Pico wrote it that made you realize like see it from that yeah. point of view, where it's a kinder it's kindness in a way even yeah really she knew
1: that she needed the money to Um, give her the best life but to do that she had to admit that she wouldn't
0: have wouldn't have had her and I always thought that was yeah that was a real big issue I mean it kind of makes one so grateful for the NHS because I remember reading Jodie Pico's like stuff when I was younger and not really understanding that people had to pay for healthcare like I couldn't I couldn't really understand why there was such an issue yeah. about like all these things just because I was too young to really understand that oh in some countries they have to pay to get seen by a doctor and I just remember that being something that really confused me and then made me really grateful for Yeah NHS. definitely
1: and um Obviously, most people um probably know if they've read the about me sections in my book. I trained as a midwife, um, I worked as a midwife yeah. for, oh, I got about 12, 13 years. Um, and so, after training as a midwife, I kind of had a different perspective almost on that because there was a lot, it did feature a lot of kind of medical terminology and, you know, and medical professionals that were to yeah. blame for errors that they'd made. And, you know it it kind of looked back on were they errors or were they just sort of genuine mistakes and uh, yeah it's very hard hitting and it it kind of made me realize you know how difficult the job is and I always kind of say people always say to me oh you're a midwife that that must be an amazing job and I'm like the amazing Mm. bit is just such a small percentage because there's so much responsibility and you know, and so much that can go wrong, and yeah,
0: and it's so tough as well. It's also of it's like it just, yeah, it just. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I always, I just have so much respect for anyone who takes that path in life because it's like you do so much work, but you don't necessarily get valued for. Yeah, what you do I mean, what the what the or... girls
1: have done during COVID has just absolutely amazed me because mm. I thought like I worked hard before COVID you know there's times when you when I've worked 13-hour shifts not had a break not had anything to eat or drink and it's it's really stressful but then to do that but topped with all the PPE so all the masks and the gowns and then to be short.
0: And the stress of being of working somewhere where you know that it is sort of fatal and it's so if you're working with an unknown in quantity it's just must be yeah horrifying. exactly
1: and um yeah it's, it's it's so difficult because obviously there's people who were shielding or who were exposed so that the level of sickness was a lot higher which meant that your staffing levels are a lot lower um and you're obviously having to work in a more diverse way to try not to come into contact with people. So how yeah. how they're coping is 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 beyond me. Um, but actually, the, <laughs> the, the nurses and doctors that are working on the COVID ward, I, you know, so much respect to them because the, the, the stuff that they've that they're going through at the moment is, you know, is immense, really.
0: Um, so you, because um, so you were working as a midwife, and then you transitioned to becoming a full-time like author. Um, how did you find that? And yeah, yeah, so initially,
1: I kind of discovered the kind of online romance community and started a, a blog. Um, so I started off by doing um, arcs, reading other people's books, and reviewing. Um, and then I kind of discovered what a beta reader was and what an alpha reader was and kind of put myself forward. Um, at the same time, I was always, I was doing some educational training uh, in my midwifery. So teaching how to teach. Um, and I discovered editing. Um, I discovered it was something that I really liked and that, um, I seemed to be quite good at. So I first learned about like educational academic editing and then did some fiction training, um, and uh all the time
0: and the rest goes yeah all the
1: time I was just kind of writing but I didn't have the confidence to um I didn't have the confidence to publish and it was one person um so there's a there's a a PA called uh Renee Botby um and she pushed me and pushed me uh to publish and so I actually published a short story um in the um in, in an anthology um it's called living in the shadows and it was just a uh, a paranormal short story um it, but it's the start of a longer book that i will eventually uh finish but
0: what was it called uh, the
1: um it, it was the i am rubbish at pronouncing this but it's the craig <laughs> academy um yeah, yeah. anthology And my story was called uh, Living in the Shadows. Um, And it's about a girl who discovers that she's a witch uh, when she turns 18 and has to go to um, Mm -hmm. a supernatural academy to kind of learn what it's like to be a supernatural. Um, And it was really well received. And a lot of people really liked how I wrote. And that kind of gave me the confidence. But at the same time, I realized that I'd kind of held back quite a lot. Because I hadn't used as much of that, that darkness that's in all my writing since. Um and I guess it was because mm. I was frightened, you know, what people would think. Um, you know, if they, they kind of judge that that darkness. Um but then I thought, you know, if I'm gonna if
0: I'm gonna that write, dark... I'm gonna write what I love. So that's what I did, and that's how broken came about. It's sort of dark. Romance has become so popular. Over like sort of the past year, I'd almost say, as soon as that, would you agree? Would you agree that people are being a bit more adventurous with what they're writing and Yeah, definitely. I
1: think a lot more people are kind of being open and honest about the fact that they they do like taboo subjects they do like reading you know and just because you like reading Mm. about you know say dub con or even non-con it doesn't mean, or or, you know like bully romances that kind of thing it doesn't mean that you support that and I think that's kind of where the the misconception has come from you know just because you like reading about you know this um you know
0: I mean I mean there yeah. are lines that shouldn't be crossed. I mean, I don't know if you saw some drama that's happening in the community. There are definitely lines that can't be crossed. But yeah, no, things like bully romance and stuff like that. It's like yeah. it's fiction. So enjoy it. Yeah, exactly.
1: There they'll there'll always be, be lines and you you know you can't you, you definitely can't cross <laughs> them. But I think, you know, hinting at things and the fiction is fiction, isn't it? And and I think as long as um You make it clear that your book features something that other people may not like, you know, or that might be a trigger for other people. Um, But I still think that's quite difficult. You know, I I particularly found it difficult writing that my book contained triggers because to me, I don't have any triggers. (laughs) So so to me, I didn't think the book was as dark as other people felt that it was. And I guess it's whatever you if you have a trigger of something, um, then it, it, it's a trigger. I, I know that one of the uh, beta readers that I work with, I said to her, you know, do you, do you have any triggers? Mm. And um, her only trigger was something that um, I don't think other people would consider a trigger. Um, but it was if the, the main character was dealing with miscarriage because she'd had several personal bad experiences. Yeah with miscarriage but to me I would never have thought of that as a trigger so it's it's all on on personal preference and I always put in my books that my books may contain scenes that are triggers for some people and if you want to know what they are please you know email me I'm happy to kind of discuss it because I, I don't want people to be mm. triggered or affected in a negative way by reading my book.
0: No, definitely. And I think sort of you were the one who actually made me aware of triggers because I think I, I mean, I had written, I had read, like, obviously I'd read like romance and sort of dark romance and really, and I, but I think I'd never read the like trigger page. The warning, <laughs> the warning, yeah, before I, you I'd go I never, I yeah. never read it. <laughs> and I just, for me, it just wasn't a thing. Like, the only thing that I don't really like is, you know, Tilly Cole and her Hades Hangman series I absolutely adore the series but any of the scenes involving like all the child abuse in the cult I just skip I just can't read it (laughs) and I I just it just icks me out and I just can't read it um but like that was what I thought people did I didn't realize people would avoid books because there were triggers in it which I now know sounds really naive but I just because if I enjoy a story I can skip over yeah but I mean um, like I say some people uh,
1: some people it's not necessarily that they find them triggering it's just that you know you have something going on in your book that they have no interest in so yeah. it's always I always put if um if I'm gonna because the next book that I've got coming out um is a reverse harem um and in this one I'd I haven't finished writing it yet, but I'm fairly sure um that there's that there's there's not <laughs> going to be any swords crossing. Uh, but if there was, then I would put that that the book featured um mm mm you know action because it's yeah. not for everybody.
0: You know, Kim was um, your first full length book. Do you want to kind of like summarize it? I think people will have read it because it's been out for what year now yeah because no, yeah, this is always, uh, so it yeah, came
1: out okay. in august actually um was it august or september i think it was august um so the director yeah. academy actually came out kind of february time and then it took me a good six months to you know really give broken everything that i got um and it's the first book <laughs> in it, a duet um so the sins of our fathers uh duet um which yeah. possibly has yeah. the potential to extend into a series um but I'm sticking with the duet just for now um and it is basically um when I sat down to write it I just kind of started with the idea of of, you know what would it take for um this this guy this um bad guy the son of a, a London gangster type uh family what would it take for him to take a feisty girl um and break her
0: oh, ava yeah. <laughs> sorry ava <yeah. laughs> and, and
1: and break her what would it take um you know he has his reasons why he feels like he has to do it and that becomes kind of more clear as you go along um and it's kind of what does he have to do to to break her um because that's what he feels like he has to do and it's it's about her trying to stay strong and then she kind of meets uh Ryder, who is his um who is grant the main kind of bad guys um bodyguard type thing or head of security um and she is yeah. th- drawn to him and they have this this really sort of unknown connection um that they want to act upon and they're drawn to each other to kind of act upon but at the same time They know that it's dangerous. And yeah, and there's there's times when Ava wants Ryder to prove himself and he's torn between his kind of loyalty to his boss and his potential future within the crime family. And then, you know, the feelings he's got for this kind of new out of nowhere girl, really.
0: I just, I, I mean, it's a great story. Where did your like, because you said that you're very driven with like characters and everything. Where did your like characters come from when you were writing Broken? Because they're all, let's just put it this way, quite loud and they've, <laughs> they know. Yeah,
1: um, Grant was a character that actually changed halfway through, as I was writing him. I, when I sat down and I started writing, I, I knew how I wanted him to be. Um, and I knew what I wanted him to be like Uh, and it's nothing at all like he turned out Um, I (laughs) wanted him to be basically a bit psychotic like um, just evil for the the sake of being evil kind of thing Um, and the more I wrote it the more I realized that he kind of wasn't like that he had reasons I mean I don't think and a lot of people who've read it have all said the same thing. Like you can't justify his behavior just because he has his reasons, but it does kind of help to know them. And I think that's the way that each of their personalities uh, progresses throughout the book. You know, that there's times when you, you really like all the characters yeah. and there's times when you really, really can't stand all of them. You know, there's times when I was writing it and I'm shouting at Ryder, to do something different to what he's doing <laughs> but in my head I know why he's doing it and it's a there's, there's times when I'm shouting like what the hell are you doing you know but he's doing it for a reason and even with Ava you know I think she's 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 quite a sensible feisty girl yet she gets herself in these situations simply because she doesn't feel like she has any kind of other option
0: and I'm excited to see like how dark you can go I mean I don't know maybe maybe I'm just corrupted but I didn't think Broken was like no pitch, pitch black no I didn't just... I didn't
1: I didn't think it. yeah but a lot of people did a lot of the feedback I got was that it was a lot darker well that was until they met that was until they met
0: Piper <laughs> <laughs> but, um we're, we're going to have to discuss Piper um we're going to have to give Piper her time because I'm like I, I, I say about some fictional characters that I'm scared of them sounds crazy but I'm scared of <laughs> um so we'll give her <laughs> yeah yeah she, she... We're, we're going to give her her time and her space because I just but yeah um
1: yeah, I know that book uh book two are broken like don't ask me what it's called or anything like that but yeah. I do I can I can, yeah. I can say it will be right from four points of view instead
0: of three I love multiple so yeah so that's what I was going to say I mean it's sort of like okay for some people it's dark but I think what's clever about your writing is that you kind of layer the characters so they might seem like psychotic but you're like actually I can understand why you do it and it doesn't make them any less psychotic it just makes them a bit more palatable. (laughs) and That (laughs) That probably sounds like a whole load of artsy bullshit but if yeah I think, I
1: think I tried to make them seem almost real you know like yeah we, we all
0: like we all have good
1: good points and bad points and you know yeah. and and the whole yeah. idea was you know uh, how uh, all these people how the how these three people are influenced by their dads um, you know so grant he's been brought up by his crime father you know he's uh he's kind of destined to rule this uh, crime family, but he's never lived up to the expectation that his father has. And as a result of that, he's, you know, the way yeah. he was, he's been brought up, it can only be described as, as shocking and abusive. Um, and so it's kind of how, how does he live with being raised in his shadow And then you've got Ava, who's kind of in the situation that she's in, simply because her dad has made a lot of mistakes, and he's got himself in this this debt situation. Um, And and Ryder, he wants to prove that he can be more than his dad, and that he can rise to the top in this crime family, and that he can do the best job that he can do. And you know, so all the they're they're all influenced; their lives are all influenced by stuff that their their parents did and uh yeah that's kind of what I wanted to
0: explore and it kind of sort of gives you like insight into what they do I mean the same can kind of be said for Piper as well like she seems like when you're reading uh you're just like yeah <laughs> yeah are you doing but but then but then you kind of get through it and you're like oh actually I understand like why yeah, are doing it's it it's kind of
1: that like yeah. nature versus nurture debate you know I are, are you the way you are yeah. because you know of who raised you or have you made the decisions hmm. by yourself because you know Piper was raised in shocking circumstances and yeah. as a yeah. result she completely has taken things out of proportion to 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 deal with that so (laughs) she she was raised with no family and having nobody to care about and having nobody on her side and having no power essentially she has all of her her power and her choices kind of taken from her and so to to reflect that she goes a little bit crazy and uh, she finds her own family In her own way and she finds her own way of kind of taking back that that power over men that she that she had taken from her and you know it's not the way we would uh respond to um you know a bad upbringing but it's the way that she responded
0: yeah yeah <laughs> how how did you um feel when you were writing Piper? Just out of interest, just because it's also like quite out there? I mean, I I sort of feel like an artist because I just don't I don't really have any of those <laughs> hang ups. Um but some people do. Yeah, <laughs> I,
1: I really liked it actually. Um so I it Piper started out as a short story. Um I was invited to take part in a um, torture anthology, which was a charity anthology yeah. to make money for autism. Um, and it started out all we had to do was choose um, a method of torture, um, and then we could centre our book mm. around that. And I'm gonna say... just out of interest, why? What? Interest oh, I was just that, a, just, just about to just... say <laughs> that I I was one of the the later ones to join the um. Uh, you know to join the project and when Anna Edwards invited me I said to her uh, she said you know she got she, I think I, there was only one space left after me one or one or two yeah. um, and I said to her I said um, have ha, has all the torture already been picked and she said yeah everybody who's come before you has already picked their torture and I said please tell me that rat torture is still available and she's like Nobody else has thought of that, Emma. Nobody nobody else wants (laughs) to write about rats. Um and it's it's literally and I i it's probably gonna make me sound like a real weirdo, but um it's always I must have seen it on a TV programme. Um I know I know that Okay, what what I know that that it was on Game (laughs) of Thrones at one um, and I definitely have read about it in a book. Um, but don't ask me kind of which one um and so the, the 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 concept the idea of of rat torture was was there um and i think maybe um me and my my boyfriend have been to um a couple of you know the dungeons uh, like yeah. the london dungeon oh, and yeah. York dungeon And i'm sure there, there was a like a torture exhibition um and i'm pretty sure rat torture was one of them um And so I remember thinking that, you know, whatever torture method I used, I wanted to make it nowhere, nowhere like the original that, so, you know, when people assume, you know, when people picture up torture, they would never, ever picture Piper. I mean,
0: (laughs) yeah, because she's sort of pretty. She's sort of like, and you do make an emphasis when you're describing her, like, to make that like, she's very stereotypically yeah, shitty. like she, that's kind of yeah. how she
1: makes herself. She's kind of like a um, a Venus flytrap almost. She has to be beautiful to yeah. draw in the yeah. men that she wants. Um, and it, I that I that's I, I named her Piper after the Pied Piper because um, Pied Piper um, obviously draws all the rats yeah. to him and she obviously has a following of rats but she also is able to draw men to her and yet despite her ability to completely stand out um she she's kind of not somebody who would ever come up in a police investigation into these missing people because
0: yeah because I mean, you look at her. She's an upstanding member of her community. She's a psychologist. She's a sort of psychiatrist even, and she's like a nice. Yeah,
1: and she's she's just this little girl. blonde girl, you know, and she, you know nobody yeah. would think that she would be capable of of killing somebody or disposing of a body or anything like that. And you know, even to think, even to look at her and think, you wouldn't think that she's kind of. Uh, nutty as a fruitcake but she absolutely is she absolutely yeah. is like her, her best friend she is, is a rat called Reggie so <laughs> she's definitely she's definitely out there uh, In but she is she is one of my favorite characters that I've that I've written because she's just so unapologetic about who she is she knows who yeah. she is she knows yeah. that she doesn't want to conform to society but she does it because she knows she has to and she she knows that she yeah she doesn't she doesn't see it as killing people she doesn't see it as torture she just sees it that she's providing for her family in the way that yeah in the way for that her, she wasn't yeah, pro- that yeah. she wasn't providing yeah. and so she she kind of in her head she has her reasons and uh you know they're they're completely completely random and absolute bollocks but to her
0: it's it's
1: yeah the (laughs) next book's actually going to be based more from ollie's point of view um so
0: Mm. ollie even sorry chance was was the one who was yeah brutally killed yeah um I think I think that I think that's why I made that mistake, because I was just like the whole time I was reading it, I was just like, yeah, Ollie is definitely a side like he's not. But he's problematic, Ollie. I mean, he's very problematic. I'm sorry. sorry Uh, I think it's it's difficult to like him because he's he's drawn to
1: Piper and he he does the wrong things because of this love he has for Piper. But I also think you get mm. like that insight that he he's starting to realize it's wrong. Like he, he's desperate for a family yeah. uh, in the same way that Piper is. And so in a way he, he sort of tags along with Piper because of that desperation. But I think he's starting to realize that like, the family that he's found himself in is a potentially quite dangerous one. <laughs> um But I think that the question is whether Piper is genuinely developing feelings because she hasn't done before. um, But I think she might actually be genuinely developing feelings for Ollie. So uh, we'll
0: see. That's why I'm just interested to see where you're (laughs) going to go with it, because I can't see her. Like, especially given her trauma and her past and everything, and the way she's coping with it in her very unique way, her like being like rolling out the welcome mat for Ollie when he comes, if he comes back, I can't see her being forgiving about what (laughs) he's done. I uh, I think that she (laughs) she
1: can't believe she she doesn't admit that she's got feelings either. She can't accept that there's a possibility that she might be feeling something um you know because she has her routine she has her plans and she knows that ollie has got to be disposed of to keep her and her family safe but there's something in the back of her mind that she has she's been putting it off and uh you know maybe she's softened towards ollie and
0: that's given him a chance to second guess things uh Maybe she's kind of realised yeah, yeah, she's coming to terms. Well I'm I can't wait to see you where yeah, you go with where I did, uh, I I did um
1: divulge to my newsletter subscribers um that yeah. one of the characters that that we met in the book is actually gonna be a significant main partner. Uh you know, a significant um kind of main main character mm. in the next book um what was the first book that kind of got me hooked onto romance um and i know it i can tell you off the top of my head so it's um nothing left to lose by kirsty mosley um and it's one of those books you know every so often you read a book and you think this could be made into a film like as it is nothing would need to be cut out of it and it, it could be made into a film and that was the book um, that it's just got something about it that it, it drew me in. Um, so it's it has like the darkness that I like. So um, Anna, um, when she's 16 years old, um, witnesses her boyfriend being shot um, on her birthday, and she gets kidnapped, um, and she eventually gets uh, released. Uh, freed from her kidnapper um and is is obviously significantly changed by it and her dad is um high up in the uh u.s government um and he hires uh somebody to she wants to go to university and he hires somebody to uh, uh somebody from his secret service to go with her to university and that's I mean as you do and that's where we meet Ashton and (laughs) oh my god he was my like one of my first book boyfriends he is you know he he dreams of being a a SWAT team leader and you know he's just that you know the the stereotypical book boyfriend you know he's he's gorgeous and protective and he has a set of handcuffs and yeah
0: what more do you want me (laughs) <laughs> what more do you want you've got the handcuffs <laughs> sorted.
1: yeah but it was just the way he had that understanding and, of the time that she'd spent and the fact that you know she was deeply in love with this boy that she witnessed getting shot and she she didn't let people touch her and it, he, he took his time and you know they, they fell in love and it was such a natural kind of progression and it, it was set in quite a out there world, you know, like that. He was her dad, um, is about to become president, um, so it's it's kind of a, a, a very out there world, but it was, um, yeah, it's great. And I,
0: it's still got these, yeah, it's still got these very like relatable aspects, even though it is yeah. quite out there. Like, the yeah, it's just about a broken stuff.
1: girl who wants to go to university, basically, um, and, and to not <laughs> be you know and to not be afraid of this guy who is still coming after her you know the guy that kidnapped her he wants her back and uh yeah and so she's protected by Ashton and it's it's brilliant Kirsty Mosley is uh she she does uh sort of new adult so well just new adult yeah. clean contemporary romance she's kind of your go-to girl for that
0: and I think what's so nice about New Adult as well, I mean, I think New Adult got me into reading romance, is that it's it's like, it is it is very real. It's very sort of like clean, dark, contemporary, whatever. It's it's It kind of reflects the experiences you're going through and like some of the fears and worries, which I think is what makes romance so addictive. I don't yeah, know if you agree. Yeah, you can I relate it to your
1: own... You know your own relationships. You know you read a, a rom com about a girl who goes on a bad date, and you think, yeah, oh, you think you've had a bad date. You want to try mine. And it's, that's what that's what makes it, <laughs> yeah, that's what makes it relatable. And you know authors that have the ability to write those characters, they're the ones that do incredibly well because characters that you can see yourself
0: as, they're the ones that that you remember. No, that's so true because it's yeah you remember it and you're more invested in the book. Um, I don't know. I could talk pages just about how amazing indie romance is because I just feel like there aren't rules as yeah. opposed to mainstream, right? Yeah, romance, I, I completely agree with
1: that, and and I think it indie publishing has given us such an opportunity to to discover so many amazing new authors that that wouldn't be given a chance under kind of you know mainstream. A uh, publishing like I my books would never have been
0: published by a mainstream publisher so oh my god just imagine like someone in some stuffy office somewhere telling you what to write you'd be like absolutely no way I'd know I'd be like no way I'd be like I'm I just can't I even imagine to... <laughs>
1: what the feedback on Piper would be from some stuffy office based uh you know publisher <laughs> I just can't, I can't even <laughs> imagine what they would make of uh, Piper I'm guessing they'd get a couple of pages in and go no nope, not for us <laughs>
0: other books uh see. Uh, so at
1: the moment I am absolutely obsessed with uh Jay Bree uh so the Hannaford yeah 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 I Uh, I haven't read uh, The Butcher because I am so busy. I don't get a lot of chance to read, um, you know, books just for the general pleasure of reading. Um, And so I've...
0: It must be so challenging though, because I don't know. Do you find it harder to read almost if you've got like things to edit, or if you've got your own stories to be writing? Just like that. Mental <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I space. can't turn off my editor, my editor head. So I'm reading other other people's work. And stop <laughs> looking at it. so she's, you know, she does not need a comma there. Stop. You know, and I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to read it <laughs> as a as a a reader. But sometimes I do find myself rereading it back and thinking. I wouldn't have done it like that <laughs> but you know that's just that's just an editor in me you just can't can't turn that off um but I, there is those times when I just want to read for pleasure and um I've been I've had the the Butcher of the Bay series um, on my to be read list for for ages. Um, and I've uh, then obviously um, she did the Angel book and then on top of it, she's now done the, the Queen Crow books, which absolutely look amazing. And I loved Avery during the Hannaford Prep series. So I decided that I'm just going to read them all. Um, so I started back at the beginning of Hannaford prep and I'm working my way through and I'm just about to start the final Hannaford prep and then I'm going on to Eli's book in the but- uh, Butcher of the Bay.
0: I don't know if you agree but I think one of my favourite things about Jay Bree is like her world building like I think she's such a queen of like how she builds these worlds and it's like yeah it, it just keeps you invested and you just get yeah, like to, the like, concept of creating the, the 12 and what they
1: all represent and how they run their spaces and things. Yeah, it's, it's
0: fantastic. She's, she's very talented. That's the challenging thing about writing, is sort of creating this world and sort of taking the confidence, to like have a plunge and just be like, it's going to be completely immersive. Like how you were saying with Harry Potter, sort of J.K. Rowling's created this world that just like sucks you in. And yeah, you kind of associate like world building
1: more with paranormal obviously with paranormal supernatural you have to kind mm. of create that supernatural world you have to decide if you know yeah. if humans are going to know about supernaturals and all that kind of stuff but to be able to build a world within the world that we live in now so this this kind of deep underground that nobody really knows about a lesser part of it that's what Jay Bree manages to do yeah. and it's it's so cool to see how you know, you've got the, the the Hannaford Prep, the school and only people who are actually part of it know, you know, um, people in the 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 bay, they've heard of the butcher and they've heard of the wolf and things. But, you know, just a short yeah. drive down the road, the Hannaford, the, the posher place, they have no idea. They don't know about this deep underworld, and, and I, I think that's fantastic that she can create just this this whole sort of town concept that's that's run in a certain way. Yeah, it's very clever.
0: And I think what's clever about it, I mean, you mentioned like PNR and like paranormal and all that, so it's sort of like obviously it takes a lot of imagination to create some paranormal. Like it, it takes a lot of imagination, but you're not basing it anything so no one no one can be like an armchair yeah and say that's not right like that doesn't exist and it's like well no this is my world that I invented in my head like the fairies exist or witches exist no I think not so like don't criticize me on this uh but when it's set in reality like Hannaford Prep and sort of Jay Bree's world it's sort of it, that it's very clever to convince people yeah that it's sort of real yeah in exactly. a contemporary. And I know second. that like
1: authors are starting to kind of open up their worlds now and other authors write in it and I think that's that's such a fantastic thing to have your world kind of so created that another author can just come along and slot their story into it and um yeah I know that there's there's one world that I would absolutely love to write in um and she's she's not open she's not opening her world as far as I'm aware of but if I if she ever did I would be begging her to let me let me write in it (laughs) uh so Um, Claire Marta um and she does the cease the ceasefire series so it's a supernatural um kind of world and it's um it's based uh based up in like a a small town Um, where there's a ceasefire and uh, paranormals and humans uh, and all that they can all go there and basically hash out their problems without killing each other and then uh, yeah and it's it's it's, she's developed this whole (laughs) kind of supernatural world there's so different types and her first book in uh, in the series is all about um, and uh, it's about a human assassin uh, he basically falls for the devil um, and it's it's so hot and spicy. And yeah, and the devil's uh, right hand man. He's a demon called Raz and he's amazing. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> and just just her, her ability <laughs> to write worlds. This, I mean, she's she's got the world, um, you know, kind of like on Earth. And then she's created like the world in hell where it's got different dimensions and she's got books set in different dimensions, at different worlds within worlds. And it's, it's so clever.
0: If she, okay, if you were to say, right, I'm opening it up. <laughs> I'm opening it up. And Emma, I want you to write what would you... um what would you like how would you uh, like into that I world? have absolutely
1: no idea because I would want to do it so much justice um but I like the idea of um you know telling the story of uh you know one of the the, the demons and um yeah she she's got demons angels uh assassins and and, and all sorts the werewolves and you know um I have no idea how I'd fit into her world. Uh, I don't even want to like go into Claire's imagination because <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea. You have no idea what you'll find in there. She literally <laughs> produces at, at least a book a month, and it 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 amazes me every time. Um, but ideally, I would have wanted to write a book about Raz finding his um, his mate, but she already did that, so. <laughs> I can't really undo what she's already done (laughs) so like uh, Mm. Candice Wondrack and and uh, she she's absolutely amazing and I (laughs) I I look at some of her books and I'm thinking these should be number one bestsellers what's going on people you need to you know you need to go out and read these books and um and uh, one of my favorites she's just uh she writes um mm books uh she's called abriana dene and uh, some of her books are so powerful and so full of angst um and i just i just want so many people to read her books um she's quite happy with the you know the reader that she's got because they're they're small intimate and they get her characters but i just i just think so many people would love her books if I could just force people to read them <laughs> that's yeah
0: and I think I think MM MM is having such a like moment I think I've said this in about five episodes so far um it's, it's becoming a theme of this season <laughs> MM is like having such a moment in 2021 I think people are sort of more willing to read it and like find like find a, like a book they enjoy so I think she should definitely because like she writes many yeah and, um, yeah romance,
1: she's also she? uh just announced uh, that she has another alter ego called uh, Summer Stanton um who does kind of um she's worked quite a bit with uh Claire Marta and they do uh, a BDSM uh series um that has that has so many (laughs) different she basically teaches me about a new form of sexuality or um you know uh you know Roma um yeah yeah I don't I don't even know how to describe it um (laughs) Um, but you know (laughs) kind of all the the new types of say like asexual or pan and Things like that, you know, she she's got That's a couple of characters. Really interesting. Um yeah. that when I first started editing, I'm like, you you've you've called um the character they, um, but it's because they don't associate with a gender. And uh, for me originally that was really confusing for me because you're so used to she or he. Um, but to then call them they, uh, and, yeah. and to get used to that, that was really, really confusing for me. Um, but it, it it fascinates me every time she she writes a new um, you know a new gender yeah. um, or you know things like that. I think, I think
0: that's so and I think I think that's so important to write about because um, it's like I've got a friend who's sort of non-binary, and um, I'm just sort of very used to just if I'm not sure, like how someone might identify I will say what's your pronoun but you never really see it written about in romance it's like it's very binary it's either he or she it's mfm it's mf it's yeah MM. it's not and she she they really they kind of or... pushes the boundary yeah, so her really latest
1: one um uh, is is four so for males essentially um but it's uh kind of the first two have been in a relationship for a while and then they meet um, a new member that they add and then the fourth member that they add he's um, kind of asexual so he isn't really that turned on
0: by sex Um, but yeah he's sort of because so if you're yeah because if you're asexual you don't Really, yeah. you're not that interested in the physical side of romance, but you are. You yeah. might be interested in side. Yeah, and she, romance, she taught me all not, about yeah,
1: that because it, it's it's not something that you know a lot about. Like the fact that somebody can be interested mm. in the romantic side of a relationship, but not the sexual
0: side, or the opposite, or um, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, basically, yeah. what the hell, like, this is the best bit. Like, I mean, <laughs> no, but then it's sort of understanding other people's points of views so and understanding not everyone has anxiety because you've got 20% into a book and there's absolutely yeah. no steam and you're just like, what the hell's happening? And it's sort of building up on the romantic, the romantic side of it because then, yeah, like, um, you not know, one of her in
1: books, it. Um, the the books that she wrote with Claire kind of got a little bit of... um not a bad review but people didn't understand why the book didn't finish with the couple getting together um but she kind of said it's not the right time yeah it's not the right time I mean that's that is very I I I think in a few books down the line when they've both grown up and they've both experienced different things that they might do but the book was more about them both exploring their paths as submissive and dominant Mm -hmm. and that was really interesting Mm. itself the fact that they were exploring their sexuality but the romance didn't come with it um so yeah she she just opens my eyes to all of this um and the idea that people can switch between being dominant and submissive and yeah so i i anybody who wants Mm. to learn about you know uh gender sexuality
0: abriana is most definitely the way to go And also what's interesting, I mean, you know how you see like in some reader groups, people saying, oh, I see bad reviews, like one star reviews as yes, hell yeah, I'm going to read this. And I feel like the kind of stuff she's writing, if people are giving her bad reviews, it's because they don't understand it. But then to someone else, they'll be like, actually, this is very much my cup of tea and I'm super excited for it. And it's sort of like that kind of and maybe in 10 years time or something when people are a bit more educated. I feel like the generation below me is possibly a bit more woke. And then educated than I am, um, sort of will be able to understand it more. No, no, I I, can't, I agree completely agree. On like, like I say, <laughs> I,
1: I I didn't even know half of the terminology. Um, you know, um, I I did a um, some lecturing yeah. for a time where I lectured uh, teenagers, um, and uh, that was quite an experience. And. Mm. I was responsible for teaching them sex education (laughs) and um, equality and diversity and obviously I had to do so much research on the equality and diversity section because kind of what they get taught is so different from what I was taught and then you know back when I was at school the the idea of being non-binary or you know that that
0: was never a thing I think in P.S.H.E. where I imagine one learns about this now, yeah. <laughs> all we were taught was. How I to don't even think I on was taught that. I think we just watched a video about <laughs> about yeah, the only basically <laughs> um, yeah, um, <laughs> so. Um, I will edit this bit out because I'm going to cringe myself so badly. But when you started talking about BDSM, it made me think because um, I have this American friend who sent me a screenshot um, of something someone posted in one of her groups. She's a PA and she was like, British BDSM is probably hilarious. Right then, lass, you've been quite the horrid little wench you have. Me thinks a few lashes across the bottom should fix you, you saucy tart. The safe word, the toy gap. not so bloody hard in it. <laughs> I, just, I was I re- I re- I replied to. Her, I was like, first off, please tell none of your authors to ever 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 write like this. Cause yeah, yeah, there's so much different yeah. accents. Uh, I... <laughs> yeah, I but think I was it like, is. You know, is that what American I've, I've read?
1: It, I I did read one book. I I won't name the <laughs> the author. Um, but it was they they were writing, as 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 British. And I, I would, The more I read it, I was like, do they think we do this? I mean, they, they, we're drinking tea constantly, and you know, like curtsying <laughs> when we enter the room and things like that. And I'm, I don't even know how to curtsy. I, I, I'm from. Oh, I expect someone to I'm from, I'm too curtsy do if that. they come see me. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Even when I, even when I moved down here and I met my boyfriend, uh, he was like. <laughs> you don't talk proper that <laughs> like, you don't you, cause he yeah, to me he sounds posh <laughs> um and he's like i i think the more cuz obviously mm. i've lived with him for you know over 5 years now so i have picked up quite a bit of his um his accent
0: I know I was thinking I was thinking you've got quite a southern accent like obviously I knew that you were from like up north and I was like "I yeah, a um, <laughs> northern accent." But uh, if I'm southern. talking to my family
1: then <laughs> I do turn really northern because it, it, it just kind of comes back out but um down here I, I when I started working down here I noticed that a lot of women that I worked with had no idea what I was saying <laughs> so I kind of had to develop like a professional voice um that was a bit more southern um mm-hmm. yeah just so just so they could
0: understand me how how do you find it with um your writing because you um, like obviously i mean i think the industry is expanding now there's more british people but like obviously it's very much sort of america focus like do you find it like i can't remember where where do you, uh, you so, keep your location's quite vague don't you well I mean uh, is yeah. obviously in London. Yeah, Piper's in, Piper, the so. she she's in the
1: country. She originally country from yeah. up north. Um but then she kind of she's, she's kind of moves around a lot and I kept that quite vague. Um because I didn't wanna um mm. you know, kind of get caught out with location. But uh, yeah, my next book yeah. I'm essentially uh killing my soul because I'm writing American. <laughs> But I have to, I, I have to, <gasps> Emma, because my cheater. next book is a, an MC, and there is not a lot of motorbike clubs in the UK, or at least not the type that I'm writing about. So, oh
0: yeah, <laughs> that's exciting. So tell me about your MC up- yes, book. RH. I, haven't, Don't I haven't really kind of announced a lot about <laughs>
1: it yet other than um it's about a girl um who uh, goes to work um in a strip club um a local motorbike club and uh she's got her reasons for being Mm. there um the club is obviously it's one of the outlaw mcs um they call themselves the one percenters so uh that's in america anyone who's like in an outlaw biker gang they're uh, a one percenter yeah. and it's uh, yeah but they're um quite uh are, i i would say quite of quite backwards they have no um no respect for women so the women that are there they're literally they called that <laughs> they call them uh pops so pop um which stands for uh patch owned pussy uh, so basically basically just women that their patch members can use and abuse and um it's kind of you, you kind of discover that it's actually more the kind of the old school older generation um that feel like this and the younger generation mm. are trying to show a bit more respect for women and see the potential that actually women could be like a value part of the, um, of the uh, MC and.
0: Uh, oh, I like that sort of yeah. them. To yeah. Have yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and, uh,
1: and, and she's there, she's got an agenda. Uh, she meets three guys. Uh, two are best friends and one is the son of the president of the MC Um, and uh, they're all kind of high ranking members of the MC Um, but as I said they're they're the younger generation Mm -hmm. Um, obviously the president's son is a little bit kind of more ingrained so he you know he been brought up in a certain way and he's finding it difficult to accept that there's a different way of doing things um but I don't know how any of them will fare when yeah. they find out that she is uh not quite who she says she is and her motives for being there are kind of not quite Ooh. as uh you know uh, not quite what they seem so I do have a little kind of excerpt that nobody has heard yet and it's it subject to change it's not yeah. edited um but I will read it out if you would like
0: oh that makes me so happy I feel <laughs> like the third time in the season someone's read something out so yeah it. Um, so Story it's, like I say it's, it's subject to change
1: uh and an and, and edit um so Ooh. it says uh People say that revenge is a thankless task, that it's for people who are consumed by hatred and are unable to open their hearts and learn how to forgive. But I think whoever said that is a fucking idiot who never really knew real pain. I'm talking about the kind of pain that not only breaks your heart, but shatters your very soul. That's the kind of pain that it's not something that you can ever get over, particularly when you know who caused it. Maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm just full of hatred uh, but to that I say I am who he made me he never suspected that 10 years later the little girl whose life he ruined would be back to claim her revenge he won't ever see me coming until it's too late I'll use his own tactics to destroy him and then I'll burn down everything and everyone who's ever supported him
0: on a bit of from the sounds of it she's, she's on a bit of a, yeah. a revenge mission yeah. from someone in her past <laughs> i know you i know you're going to have some respect <coughs> yeah. about this um but <laughs> i love that um it's really beautiful as well it's also like it sounds like she's had a lot of trauma so the pain and she's yeah been made it's into kind of like i did that but, oh my you know, people say that
1: <laughs> you know it's, it's easier to to forgive somebody than it is you know to get revenge and you know your heart will be lighter if you kind of just let things go and she's definitely very much saying screw that I'm not letting it go (laughs) you know and when you when you find out kind of what she's been through (laughs) you know what happened yeah I know I know me personally I'm like I'm right there with her I'm like yeah burn it all down (laughs) but (laughs) whether she'll end up doing that in the end um, because obviously (laughs) burning it all down will mean uh, destroying three
0: people who've come to mean an awful lot to her so And they, it sounds like they will probably be healing her as well. Yeah. Um, And I think there's also the potential for her not only to heal them, but also to heal
1: the MC as a whole, you know, to to kind of bring them up into the 21st century where women are important and are, you know... um,
0: Are just you know treated with respect and just yeah, like, and they can be feisty, you know, as, feisty
1: women. You know, we we be. we can run an MC if we want to. We can <laughs> you know ride a motorbike and you know be just as bad, be just as badass as any of the other bikers. I mean, yeah, maybe not with the beards and stuff, but you know we can be just as badass. Um, badass without beards. Badass, yeah. badass
0: without I'm that's going to be a teaser now. <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah like it should be a teaser so, <laughs> um how have you found um, honestly if I'm it, being you know, honest American. I haven't
1: wrote it in American as such as yet um I'm kind of writing it how it sounds in my head and then when I go back I'll edit it and uh, add mm. the Americanisms in and the American wording um But for for me, I kind of find that if I overthink things, it takes me too long to write. Um, So I'm just somebody who kind of just gets it all on the page and then goes back and fixes it afterwards. That's why I don't have an alpha reader, because I I think anybody reading my stuff as I'm writing it would probably think that I'm incompetent and not an actual writer. Uh, And they'd never, ever let me edit that book. So... (laughs)
0: Oh, that's that's what I I feel the exact same. I get so like worried. I sort of also I've I, I've got some really good friends in the community who I know use alpha readers like they like it's what they do and it's great. But I'm just like I would just be disagreeing with you at every single point. Like there would be no point for yeah. you to tell me anything because I just need to get out on the page. Like I, <laughs> there
1: would be no. Yeah, and I I am um... like
0: yeah, no. That's they they
1: say that don't happened. they? Are, are you are you a plotter? <laughs> or a panther and I am I'm a massive panther I just make it up and there's times where I I kind of know where I'd like it to go and then my character will go no I don't want to do that and I'm like come on you you gotta this is where it's got to go and then in the end I've no idea what's going to happen and I think you know if I had an alpha reader going yeah but in this paragraph you should be doing this I'd be thinking like just shut up I've tried to get the character to do that he doesn't want to so (laughs) just (laughs) you know I'm having enough trouble arguing with my characters (laughs) let alone an alpha reader as well
0: oh my god and then it's like the fear as well I hadn't realized how much the fear is with like the more you write when you've had people enjoy your writing yeah. you're like oh shit I need to yeah. like, this illusion up that I can write that I am a good writer yeah write you kind of look for <laughs> so no you know what enough. did
1: people like in the first books and what did people not like and then you're trying to integrate that knowledge into the next book and that maybe doesn't fit with how you were going to write it and mm. it's it's really difficult because obviously you know I it, inevitably all writers will get negative reviews and some of it it's I I am a firm believer that everybody is entitled to their opinion and if somebody wants to give me a negative review (laughs) Um, if somebody wants to give me a negative review that's absolutely (laughs) fine as long as they kind of explain where they're coming from like for somebody to just go and leave a a one-star review and say this book was shit (laughs) that's not helpful to me as an author i don't know how to improve upon that um but i i i've kind of had a couple of uh well i think i've had one one star review um that kind of stopped reading broken um after the first chapter um and they said that 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 Grant was um, kind of egotistical, rich guy, you know, who has a a negative approach to his love interest and and stuff. And he's already kind of bad mouthing her and it it sets a, a, you know, a negative tone for like a male female relationship. And I thought you've completely not got the grasp of my book because they're not the relationship. You know, Grant's almost a secondary character in the, the relationship the relationships between Ava and Ryder um so to kind of judge the book after one chapter I kind of think that that's difficult because I want to take everybody's feedback on board but if they've only like read a small portion of it it's very difficult like Broken is one of those books that develops and you learn something new in each chapter and even right up until the end it's kind of revealing new stuff um so I think it, it's one of those books that you, you can't really judge until the end. My Sorry, my yeah. philosophy for writing, um, and it always I, whenever I like I work with a newbie author or anything like that, it's always I always say, just write for you. And if people mm. like it, people like it. If they don't, that's okay. Because as long as you've wrote the best book that you can write and you stay true to who you wanted to be, then that's all that matters really so i I mean i've got the follow-up for broken two um that i'm hoping to have out this year um and then i've Mm. got one that i've spoke about on um facebook before um so it's a billionaire office romance it's a short story uh male female um but obviously it'll have a dark twist um and that's just a, a short story that i've just kind of been working on uh, as and when um I do have a very very secret project that I'm so excited for and I'm allowed to tell people about it um uh, <laughs> so I can't tell you anything about that I'm afraid I can't say anything at all yet but oh you once can't I, say anything now uh once I am oh. allowed to tell people <laughs> I will be so excited. <laughs> and uh, you 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 will see you you'll hear me shouting from the rooftops. Um, <laughs>
0: and then I'm going
1: into the world of shifters. I've got a shifter book planned a wolf shifter book planned as well
0: circling back to the beginning of the conversation so if you're not really limited by genre or like i mean already in the year ahead we've got <laughs> rhmc we've got a Wolf shift the book and we've got an office romance which is just so exciting and the secret project you refuse to say anything about That's fine absolutely <laughs> fine
1: as much as a <laughs> small town uh hero small yeah. town
0: yeah so i'm Good. looking i'm looking forward to it that's exciting (laughs) oh that's good Um, so yeah what do you have planned for uh, I just hope people are still reading my my books
1: I want to keep churning them out and I obviously I just want to get better at writing and become you know visible to more people that's always going to be an amazing thing um you know I think as authors we've all got these like little goals so every, everybody dreams of getting their their first like 50 reviews on on Amazon yeah. um or getting that that yellow that orange uh, badge mm. that you know international bestseller status and then you know like the ultimate one is kind of the um yeah the uh uh the USA list um that's kind of if you're reaching that that kind of highest goal then yeah I'd love to do that um but generally I, I'm gonna start um so I was planning to start this year um but obviously COVID put a stop to that but I um I'm gonna be going to some author book signings uh, so getting out there and sort of meeting yeah. people showing people about who I am and my books and things that's gonna be amazing uh but I i I, f- I will feel like such a fraud yeah because i'll be there like fangirling over the other authors thinking don't bother coming to my table you know uh i know that one author signing that i'm going to <laughs> be pa- uh be page is going to be there and and I, i'm like don't don't is... come into my table go over and see her. <laughs> you know oh in God. fact i'm, I'm going to close I'm gonna cl- I'm gonna close my table and go and stalk her for a bit. And, no, uh, you're just you as know, good as um, BP. So yeah, uh, but that's how that's how you feel, isn't it? When you're kind of a fan, you 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 just you can't understand why people are queuing at your table and there's people like her about. So yeah, romance in the north in Hull, um, and I agreed to do it simply because Hull was where okay, I went to university. Yeah. Uh, so I had planned on my first book signing being kind of at home really nice Um, because I like I say I was raised about 45 minutes away from there on on the seaside, um and so I I went to uni in Hull that's kind of where I'm from but um and that was going to be my first book signing but now obviously that's been moved and I think there might be one that's going to come before it but we'll see I think that's so
0: exciting I think it's just mad that we're like it's going to be such a weird dynamic when like Covid's over and then it's like it's sort shiv- of it's just like <laughs> yeah it's sort of the physical side of like romance yeah it did not come out well um but you know like you know like the author signings and stuff and it's not just yeah the like because at the moment people wouldn't like, like, know me, you me get to meet if they, exactly. you know, they walked
1: past me on the street um you know and I, I found out the mm. other day that one author that I absolutely love lives in the same town as me, and the other lives about 20 minutes away. So BC Morgan. Um, she lives, like, about half an hour away from me. And uh, I think oh, it's yeah, no, Murphy. She lives um, in a neighbouring town to me. And it's, like, it's just so weird to know that, you know, you've got these authors so close by,
0: and yet you had no idea. <laughs> It'd be so good. I know. And what I really want to do, so I don't think I'll be able to do this, so I think my next one's releasing on 29th of April, is have a sort of proper release party. (laughs) Like, have a sort of in real life release party. Yeah. Invite a mix of people from the community and, like, friends and just have a party. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because, like, obviously... No,
1: it's a good idea. So maybe not for... Uh, isn't Gemma's <laughs> book coming out next so yeah maybe for the third
0: one yeah not for but maybe maybe for the third one <laughs> who knows who knows um so yeah is there any so yeah you kind of touched on uh, this advice is there any other advice yeah that so, give you give know i absolutely love working community. with newbie authors like as or a writing, yeah. as an editor that's
1: one of my favorite things because there's so many Newbie authors who kind of come to me and they're they're so lost because and I remember being that person, you know, because navigating our community when you have no idea how it works is really really scary. Like we throw around words like arc and beta reader and you know, and I remember thinking I have no idea what that is, but I don't want to ask because I'm going to look like an idiot, you know. And so (laughs) it's, uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard to, to 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 join our community I guess um but the one thing I always say is keep writing no matter what just keep writing and um you can work at being published um I always say that and I think I said this to you uh when I first met you that writing your book is the easiest bit (laughs) yeah and And I say this to people and they they don't really get it at first until they actually start doing it. But writing the book is without a doubt the easiest bit. It's um, marketing the book and getting it out there to people that is the hardest bit and it's not something you can do alone you need a a great team to help you 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 need beta readers who you can trust not people who are going to say yeah yeah that was great you need people to say oh that bit was a bit shit you know you need to change this and you know you you need that that kind of right team and I also think it's something you've got to be willing to invest in Um, I don't think you can ever come into it thinking that it's going to be something that doesn't cost you anything because to make a great book you have to have an amazing cover you have to have a beautiful cover and to do that you you need a a great designer and i don't think you can kind of skimp on that one yeah. because people do literally i know the saying is don't judge a book by its cover but we do we we buy based on the cover um so i think i think you need that and then i do genuinely believe that you need a good editor um I I yeah. think it doesn't necessarily have to be a high cost editor or a you know a, a a really well qualified editor. It just has to be somebody who works well for you. So finding an editor that gets how you work and how your style is. Um and I always say that because I as as an editor and an author, it can be quite difficult because My aim is to work with the author's style rather than to do it how I would do it. Um, So I always say, and I think it's actually like my tagline for my editing company, um, that I'm there to make your words shine. Um, It's not about replacing them and making them, you know, how I would do it. It's about making their words shine. And that's what you need. You need an editor who can make your words better because no matter how good a writer you are you do you do need an editor it's it's just yeah
0: and i i mean i completely agree with that and i sort of feel like i'm fairly privileged to be in a position um definitely helped by being lucky enough to still have a full-time job in the pandemic and like being in the pandemic and not going to the pub and spending extortionate at way too much money on London pints which are just daylight robbery um so that's kind of given me a bit of a cushion to sort of invest in it but I feel I do feel that some authors want to do it and they've got the passion and they can't necessarily afford things like that um but I don't know i know i think it gives me peace of mind to know that i've yeah. got all my bases so if someone yeah i do i do think that's really like, what
1: well, i always things. try and work with authors you know like i offer <laughs> discount and payment plans and stuff and because i i know what it's like to be you know you don't have a giant money mm. tree there waiting but you know your hope is that the first book makes enough for you to pay for the second book and yeah it's kind of a knock-on effect isn't it um you know, until at some point you start making a profit. Um But yeah, for, for me, my, my advice is always just keep going, uh, keep writing and find people around you that you can trust and that, you know, that help you make you better. Because, um, you know, I learn so much from the people that are part of my, you know, every day. So, you know, like, even just doing this I'll have I've I've learned something that I can use in my my work and just taking from it what you learn from other people
0: yeah and I mean I think that's what I mean this is what's so lovely about the community is that everyone's just like here to enjoy some good books write some good books and it's like it's so supportive and everyone's just so lovely and kind with what they've yeah helped so yeah um is uh, no I think like
1: one? Yeah. One? so I was gonna offer um anybody who listens to this 25% off a editing package so anybody that. who feels like they would benefit from um 25% yeah. off um either a editing or a proofreading package with myself um if they send me a pm and just quote uh moonlight pta 25 yeah. then they can qualify for the discount
0: Generous. that's so kind of you thank you that's um yeah no that'd be really good and yeah no I think that'd be really good yeah now yeah I love it that's, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, really. Kind and of there's you. so many like how you were saying about talk
1: about the books that you've read there's so many that I've read that aren't <laughs> out yet and I I want to talk about them because they're so amazing but it's uh yeah I'm not I'm not allowed to and it's such a privilege to be able to sort of read the book and and, and work <laughs> on it with the author and um you know really make what what they've got in their head come to life it's it's such a privilege so yeah I enjoy being able to do that
0: thank you for listening to this week's episode of the PTA I very much hope you enjoyed it and if you're an author don't forget to redeem the code I can't wait to announce next week's guest this weekend